0: So let's take a look. Let's read together. John chapter 4, verse 5. It says, so Jesus, he came to a town in Samaria called Sakar. Or if you're my abuela, you would say Sakar, You'd roll the R's. You'd roll it. Near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. They had gone down to the inn and out to get the food. And the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband, and come back. I have no husband. She replied, Jesus then said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you're now with is not even your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. And then our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do know. We worship what we do not know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The woman, skipping down woman, said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, am he. You can write down the title of today's message. The title of today's message is Is Jesus Enough? Is Jesus Enough? Um, I am a middle child. Um, you can all have deep sympathy for me. You can put, put, Please put your sympathy in the chats. Put your condolences in the chats. I am a middle child, so one of my biggest fears growing up was that there would not be enough food, um, which is ironic because of how I looked when I was growing up. <laughs> But that was my greatest fear as a middle child, that there would not be enough food. I, I love restaurants. It's one of my, my deepest loves um, is restaurants and eating out. And I like to go to nice restaurants. Um, I, I can get down with a 4 by 4 but I can also get down with some caviar. I just, I'm, I'm a man, very complicated, like a Rubik's Cube. I like a lot of different things. So I love fancy restaurants, but one of my things that I, I'm not down with with fancy restaurants is when you order something and the waiter brings you the food, and it looks like they have eaten 75 percent of the food, and you're like, "Fam, that's this looks. Fin- it looks so good. It's sm- it smells so good. It's just not enough. It's just not enough food. The food looks good and it smells good. It's just not enough of it. Um, right now, my my wife is pregnant, and um, we sh- we share a queen size bed. And again, <laughs> uh, uh, condolences can go into the chats. Um, and she's eight months pregnant, which means she's. How can I say this? She's bigger than she used to be. I'm going to just say it like that. She's bigger than she used to be. Queen size bed, 6'3", 190-ish. Um, and so currently, there's not enough room in our bed. So what I kind of have gotten into this habit of sleeping like I'm trying to make an eye, like I'm a cheerleader trying to make an eye with my body like this. And there's just, just not enough room. There's not enough room in, in the bed. Um, have you ever been given uh, an article of clothing? And you look at the clothing, and you're like, that's not enough clothes. That's not enough. There's there should be more shirts. Where's I need more shirts for the, That's not enough. Uh, we I remember growing up. I, I was must have been about eight years old. Our family did family photos. Um, so the trauma, family photos, and my my grandma was in charge of dressing us. I don't know what my mom had done to my grandma to that she had to make up for it by allowing grandma to dress us, and um, my mom my grandma got me a shirt um, that. I weigh I I weigh now what I weighed when I was 10, so you can just kind of scale that down. Um, So my grandma got me a shirt that uh, we we use this word. I would describe it as a shmedium. Um, And if you don't know what a shmedium is, then you've never been to a Brotherhood barbecue. Um, It's it's small. It's it's between a small and a medium. I was not that size. There was not enough shirt. There was just not enough shirt. Um, have you ever uh, Have you ever looked at your bank account and there's just been not enough money? There's or or you or you have a need and there's just not enough. I, on our honeymoon, we uh, we were on our way to the airport after a fantastic honeymoon. It was, it was phenomenal, and uh, it was about four in the morning. Um, I'm not sure why it was very early and we're driving and joy starts to get a bit queasy. Um, she's not morning sick. We did not have one of those kind of babies, but, um, we did not get pregnant on our honeymoon, but she was just queasy in her stomach and she decided the best thing to do for nausea is just to chug a bunch of water. Um, it's not. I'm just letting you know it's not. Um, so we're almost to the airport, um, and she's like, okay, we got to get there. we got to get there. we got to get there. we got to get there in time, and we did not get there in time. Essentially, um, our friend got a bath, and not with water. Um, Joy, it just came out. It just came out, and, and I felt terrible. Obviously, I feel te- I'm a Christian, guys. I felt terrible. I felt awful. And I I I go, I, I need to give him something. I need to tip him. I gotta give him something. And I no joke, I had two pesos because we were in Cancun. And that's all I had. It was not enough money for the destruction that Joy had just caused in my man's van. And he just looked at me and he shook his head and I said, Lo siento, I gotta go. So I said, So we have all experienced moments where we just don't have enough. We just don't have enough. And those are all self-deprecating jokes about me that are lighthearted, but it's actually not a very lighthearted topic because I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what your life is requiring from you, but you may be feeling like we all do at times that what you have is not enough, that you maybe don't have enough skill for what's being asked of you at, at your job, that you don't have enough time for your family and how much they're they're requiring of you right now you may not have enough money for just the bills that are on your kitchen table that that or or posted up on your refrigerator right now that that there are times where we come up against life and we realize i actually just don't have i don't have enough and i love what philippians four nineteen says because it says that my god shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Listen, one of our values here is that we, we, it's not what today's about, but we keep it real. And you may be watching online right now, and you may have even had the thought that is Jesus enough? Is Jesus enough for what I'm facing in my life? Is Jesus enough for the sickness that is going on in my family? Is Jesus enough for the depression or for the fear or for the anxiety or for the hopelessness? Is Jesus enough? And I love this because I love that our need does not, our need does not define how sufficient Jesus is. Jesus is sufficient in spite, in the middle of our needs. And so today, I just believe that by the end of this message, that we're going to walk away with a revelation that whatever we're facing, whatever we're going through, whatever life has put in front of us, that we're going to be able to realize that Jesus is indeed enough for whatever we are facing. So what I want to do is I want to look at this story of the Samaritan woman, and I want to pull out three points. uh, Sorry, four points, because you got a bonus one today. Um, You got four points today from this story, from this interaction with the Samaritan woman. Point number one, point number one, Jesus is enough for our shame and our regrets. Jesus is enough for our shame and regrets. To understand this point, we have to understand who the Samaritan woman was and why this encounter was so important. So Jesus is on this. He's on this journey. He stops. And the Bible says it's about noon. It's the middle of the day, which would have been the hottest part of the day for, for that area. And he comes across the Samaritan woman. And the Samaritans and, the, and God's people, the Jews, were not homies. They were not, they, they were actually, they, they would quarrel and they would fight. And they, would, they, they, were, they were not mixed together. They were not people that would come together for any reason. So even the fact that Jesus was there, even the fact that Jesus was talking to this woman was already scandalous in and of itself. And it says that it was noon and she had come to the well to gather water. Getting background and backstory of, of who this woman was and what she had faced. It is no surprise that she was there when no one else was there. Right. Typically what would happen is in the morning is when people would go to the wells because it was the coolest part of the day. So they would go and get their water in the morning for what they needed. Then they would go in the evening, in the cool of the evening, and get their water. So this woman was there in the hottest part of the day wow. when no one else was around. And I believe it's because of the shame that she had been experiencing. Wow. She wanted to go when no one else was there. She wanted to go to get what she needed when no one else was around to talk behind her back about the husbands that she's had, about the relationships that hadn't failed, about what had gone on in her life, about the relationship that she was currently in. Shame had caused her to be isolated and to go when no one else would go and be where no one else was. And I believe that Jesus comes to her in this moment. It's not an accident that he shows up at noon to speak to this woman. It's not an accident that he shows up in this place of her shame, in the place of her regret, in the place of her pain, and meets and encounters her there. Why? Because Jesus is enough for our shame and for our regrets. I want to encourage you today. That there is nothing that you have done, there is nothing that has been done to you that would ever stop Jesus from pursuing you. We have to understand what is taking place here right now. Jesus is pursuing this woman, not in her righteousness, but in the place of her pain, in the place of her shame. Jesus pursues her. Jesus, the Bible says, is our good shepherd that leaves the 99 to go after the one. That is what Jesus is doing right here. And Jesus encounters this woman and the, and the woman says to him after he tells her about this living water i love what she says she says sir give me this water so that i won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water this woman is not lazy that is, that's not the reason why she's saying, give me living water. This woman is begging Jesus, give me this water so I don't have to keep coming back to my place of shame. Give me this water so I don't have to keep coming back here in the hot of the day. Give me this water so that I don't have to confront my regrets or confront what, the hurt that, that keeps me up at night. She's begging for this relief for her shame. Shame is an unquenchable liar. That is why Jesus replies to her that those that drink of this water will continue to thirst. How many times did this woman come to the well in the hottest part of the day and wish that her shame would not have driven her to be there at this time? Shame is an unquenchable liar that will keep us going back to trying to perform. It'll keep us coming back to trying to please. It'll keep us coming back to try to be perfect, to try to earn something, to try to receive something that Jesus is saying, I've actually pursued you in the place of your shame to give you living water, living water. So she asks, she asked Jesus, give me this water so I don't have to keep coming back, keep coming back here. And I love Jesus' reply. And it's actually not as savage as it sounds. Jesus' reply to her is, go and get your husband. Go and get your husband. See, in that time, a husband for a woman would have represented security. A husband would have represented protection. Wow. Jesus is not calling this woman out. Je- I know it sounds like Jesus is being a savage and he, and he is uh, he's-, he's trying to... Uh, Confront her sin, or he's trying to condemn her. Jesus, in this moment, is not trying to condemn this woman. Jesus is saying to her, Go and get the thing that you feel secure in, go and get the thing that you think is protecting you. Jesus knows. Jesus knows that she doesn't have a husband. Jesus knows her past. What is Jesus trying to do here? He's not exposing her sin. He is exposing her need for him. So what is he saying? He's saying, go and get your security. And she says, I, I have none. Go and get your protection. I'm, I'm not protected. I'm actually very vulnerable. Go and get the thing that, that you're using as a substitute a substitute for me. And she's saying, I actually, I actually don't have one. Jesus is exposing her need. Her need for him. I believe that Jesus is doing that for some people this morning, right here, today. Wherever, whenever Wherever you're listening, Jesus is not trying to expose your sin. Jesus just simply wants you to realize that the thing that you've been trying to use to cover up your shame, the thing that you've been trying to hide behind, maybe it's a relationship, maybe, maybe it's social media, maybe it's a, a money or a job, whatever it is that you're trying to hide behind, Jesus is saying, go and get your husband. Go and get the thing that you think is protecting you. And like this woman, we are realizing today, I actually don't have anything. I actually don't have anything that is protecting me the way my soul really needs to be protected. I actually don't have it. I love Matthew 28. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus in this moment is not exposing her or condemning her. Jesus, the Bible is very clear that he did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. Jesus is enough for your shame. He is enough for your regrets. Point number two, Jesus is enough for our salvation. Jesus is enough for our salvation. We continue on, and the woman says in verse 19, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. What is being expressed here is a system. A system of salvation that did not benefit the Samaritan woman. This woman was in a system of salvation that because of who she was born, the family she was born into, because of the region she was from, because of the identity that she had, she was not eligible for salvation. Jesus is coming and to this woman, and he's saying to her, and he's saying to us that I am enough for salvation because the old system of the law, the old system of performing, the old system of sacrificing is the thing that Jesus came to fulfill— in and of himself and now he's saying to her there's a new system of salvation no longer is it a system where you have to work your way to it but you can actually just freely receive it jesus is enough for your salvation jesus is telling the woman i've actually come and the time is now where it's not based on religion and performance and where you were born and how much money you have and how good you think you are. This is actually based on spirit and this is actually going to be based on relationship. I love what he's saying. He says that neither on um, this mountain nor in Jerusalem, it's saying it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you come from. Salvation is not dependent on a family. It's not dependent on a legacy. Salvation is dependent on today because the Bible says that today is the day of salvation. That we've woke up to the day of salvation it is today that is what jesus is expressing to this woman that he is enough for salvation I love Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to, by mankind, which we must be saved. John 14.16, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, yeah. and the life. No one comes to me, yeah. comes to the Father except through me. Titus 3.5, he saved us not because of the righteous things we right. had done, but because of his yeah. mercy. Yeah. He saved us through Come the on. washing of yeah. rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, but I have uh, my best prayer times in the car. Um, and in Los Angeles, we pray in the car so we don't cuss in the car. That's like, we're like, as long as I'm praying, maybe I won't be cussing. Um, so I have my best prayer times in the car, and I, I'm sure countless red lights, I've looked insane. It's like, is he listening to Taylor Swift and crying? Or is that God because he's crying? Like, the other way, he's crying in his car. So I remember I was, uh, I was driving, and I was having one of these really intense uh, prayer times in my car, and I remember the dialogue that I was having with Jesus, dealing with shame in my life, dealing with things uh, that, that, that were done to me that made me feel marked for shame, that made me feel marked for sin, that made me feel marked for uh, regret, uh, and, and, and just an unclean, uh, feeling unclean. I remember wrestling with this. And in that, having this conversation with Jesus, and it was kind of like, have you ever broken up with someone and, and you use the line, uh, it's not you, it's me? If you have, put it in the chat. Just kidding. Don't put it in the chat. We'll call you out. But I remember essentially having a very similar conversation with Jesus and basically saying, like, I, I get it that you're good. I get it that you love me. I get it that 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 you died for me. That you that you that you want to save me. I understand that, but I'm just actually not good enough for this relationship. I remember feeling this this tangible sense in in my emotions of I can't be in this relationship because you're too good and I'm not good enough. Salvation is not based on how good you feel. Jesus is good even when you're not, and salvation and what He's saying to this woman. What he's saying to this woman is that the system has changed. I thank God that we are in a system of grace, that we are in a system of mercy. Jesus is enough for our salvation. Number three, Jesus is enough for our purpose. Jesus is enough for our purpose. It says, we continue on in John 4, 28, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. And it continues on and says that many believed, many were saved because of the testimony of this woman. You have to understand that this woman, five husbands in, being there in the heat of the day, feeling shame, feeling regret, this woman would have had no purpose. This woman would have had no sense of, I know what I was born to do, and there's life and there's fruitfulness from my life. This woman would have had no purpose. Jesus gave this woman purpose. Jesus is not just good enough to save. Jesus is not just good enough to heal. Jesus is good enough to give your life purpose, to give your life meaning. That is what Jesus is doing in this moment to this woman. And I love that we're talking about values in this series, because uh, our, our churches, our church's main uh, passion of scripture is out of John 10.10. 10, yeah, yeah. When it says that the thief, the enemy, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But, but God has come. Jesus came to give us life and give, to give us abundant life. Yeah. Zoe life. Yeah. But I want to look at the couple of scriptures that go before John 10.10. 10, starting in verse 7, it says, Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and they will go out and find pasture. We come into Jesus through salvation. We come into Jesus through grace. But he's not just about coming in by into salvation. It's about going out with purpose. Jesus brought this woman in. He brought her in from her shame. He brought her in by grace. He brought her in by mercy. But then he sent her out with purpose. He sent her out with meaning. Friend, I want to encourage you today that your life has purpose. Your life has meaning. And Jesus, Jesus has set... This this whole thing up for you today just to let you know that i'm not just bringing you into salvation but i'm actually releasing you out into purpose that he is our good shepherd that we come in by him and then we go out by him the the bible was was written in a time where where shepherding was a big deal and uh so this would have been very impactful and what would have gone on is when the sheep at night at night the sheep would come in and they would come into, uh, basically, uh, the, the, the shepherds would set up rocks, and they would set up uh, vines with thorns on it to protect the sheep, and they would create like a uh, almost a complete circle. But then the, the shepherd would lay down, lay down in the middle, lay down in that in that passageway in between where all the, the, the formation had gone, and the sheep would come in at night to find rest. But then they would go out in the day to find pasture. They would go out in the day. That is the beautiful picture of the sufficiency Great. of our God, yeah. of, of the sufficiency of our Savior, Great. that he is enough, He brings us in when we need rest. He brings us in when we need comfort. He brings us in when when the Bible says that that He's the shepherd that makes us lie down, that He makes us rest by by living waters. He Himself is the, the living waters that He's causing us to rest at night. He's causing us to, I don't know what 2020 felt like to you, but I believe that God is bringing you in to find rest. He's bringing you in that you would be refreshed and rejuvenated in His presence. But then He's not just good enough to bring you in. He's good enough to send you out. That we come in and we go out and I believe that we're coming into a season when we're just, we're getting our swag back. We're getting our we're getting our legs back. We're, our feet, we're finding them underneath us again and we're realizing that God has brought us in but now he's actually set up this time for us to go back out. It's time to go back out into your purpose. It's time to go back out into your workplace. It's time to go back out into your destiny and into your dreams. I want to encourage you, your dreams are not dead. 2020 and the pandemic did not destroy your dreams that, that did not destroy your purpose i don't know the coping mechanism that you had to turn to to get through the pandemic but jesus is saying that i'm bringing you in but i'm also going to send you back out and i'm going to send you back out with purpose and i love what what this samaritan woman what she goes and tells the rest of the people in the town she says there's a man come see a man that told me everything i ever did what is she saying she's telling her testimony that is what Jesus is sending her back out to do. Tell them what I have done. Tell them how good I am. Jesus is enough for our purpose. And last last point, Jesus is our one message. Because Jesus is enough for our shame, because Jesus is enough for our salvation, because Jesus is enough for our purpose, Jesus is our one message. First Corinthians 2, 15. Paul is writing to the church and uh, in a letter and he says, "And so it is with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or with human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God, for I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness" With great fear and trembling, my message, my preaching, were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. So I want to encourage us today that the more that we are fulfilled by Jesus, the more that we will be able to confess Jesus. Isaiah 29, the prophet Isaiah is warning the church. He's warning God's people. He's saying, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that have been taught. Jesus is our one true message. And Jesus is portraying to this woman that for you to go and to be able to confess, you need to be filled, you need to be fulfilled. You need to be filled up with the only thing that can satisfy. Why is Jesus our one true message? Why is he the thing that we talk about every single Sunday? Why is he the name that is above every other name? Friend, it's because he's the only one that can do what he did. By no other name shall we be saved. He is the word. The word was with God. The word was God. All of this was created through him. He is the lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. He is our risen Savior. He is the King of kings. He is the one that sits at the right hand of the Father, that right now is is praying for you. You woke up this morning and Jesus had already been praying for you. Why is Jesus our one true message? Why do we preach a simple gospel? Because only Jesus can do what Jesus has done only jesus can save a soul only jesus can save a life only by the name of jesus can sickness be cast out of a body only by the name of jesus can demons leave a mind only by the name of jesus it is only by the name of jesus he's just the reason we're here he is the reason why you have found yourself in time and space It's not to breathe air. It's not to make money. It's not to get fame. It's so that you would have an opportunity to meet Jesus. You would have an opportunity to be reconciled with the Father. Is Jesus enough? Friend, he's all we have. And I don't know what that feels like for you. I don't know if that feels true to you or not. Is Jesus enough? I don't know if that's felt true. But I want to encourage you today that the Holy Spirit would have you experience that truth. Experience the truth of Jesus is all that I need. Jesus is all that will satisfy my soul. I love that, that it says that the woman left her jar. She left her jar and she went back to the town. I just see it as this picture of the woman left the thing that she thought she needed when she realized that she was standing in front of the one that she needed. She came to the well with a jar because she thought she needed water. But she left with purpose. She left with her shame being taken away. And she left with salvation. And I just believe that the thing that sometimes we think that we need we come to Jesus with these requests for finances or we come to Jesus with these requests for relationships or for the requests of opportunity or or, uh, or, or moving forward, moving up the ladder, whatever it is. We come to Jesus th- saying that this is the jar that I want you to fill. And I just believe that we're going to trust him today enough to say, but fill me. <laughs> I, I would love for this thing to happen. I would love for, for, for this thing to go down but I need I need to be filled today. That woman left her jar at the feet of Jesus. I believe it's because she got everything that she needed. She got everything that she needed in the person of Jesus. And then I love when the homies come back, when the guys come back with the in and out, and they're like, oh, Jesus, like, like that's kind of weird. Why are you talking to her? And then she goes off and, and he, they try to feed him. They're like, man, you must be hungry. We went off to get food. Here's some food. And Jesus is like, no, I'm good. I'm actually I'm, I'm okay I'm like well what, what did you get He's like how, how are you okay? He's like I have food that you know not of doing the work of the Father fed him. Jesus is saying I'm, I'm actually okay now I'm, I'm okay now because and I believe that this is a picture of where you and I are meant to go out from today that we have been filled that we are fulfilled and now we can help in feeding others. This is the picture of Zoe Church. This is why we exist in Los Angeles. It's not to build a brand or it's not to have services. It's it's not to, to write music. It, it actually is just to see Los Angeles saved by the grace of Jesus Christ with the gospel of the cross and by the power of the resurrection. What, what, what's the value of Zoe? The value of Zoe is that Jesus is our message and salvation is our focus. That we will not rest. We will not stop working. We will not stop praying. We will not stop giving. We will not stop serving. And so we see Los Angeles saved by the message and the power of Jesus Christ. The gospel work in us and through us will fulfill us, will satisfy us today. So I just believe that for all of us that have the question mark, is Jesus enough? Maybe your need isn't going to get met today. Maybe the need of the, of the sickness or the need of the bill or the need of the relationship, maybe that won't get met today. But there is a need that will get met today, and that is the need of your soul. I believe that the need of your soul is going to get met right now in this moment because only Jesus can do it, and he has done it. So I want to pray. I want to pray for you. Maybe you're there at home, and, uh, and and a thought, an idea, a point has been has been impacting you. I believe that today is the day where we get satisfied, where we get filled. Today is the day where shame gets extinguished. Today is the day where purpose gets refound, and today is the day where salvation gets received. And so, maybe at home, just close your eyes. You can grab the hand of someone if you're sitting with someone. I think a lot of us sometimes say that we're we're filled and we're good and we're okay. But only you know if you're not. Only you know if there is a hole, there's a gap, there's a void that is it's not being filled. No matter how hard you try. And I just believe that right now, in this moment that by the power of the Holy Spirit that Jesus is fulfilling you. I believe right now that Jesus is fulfilling your soul. Jesus, we surrender to you. The thing that we think that we need, the thing that we think will satisfy us, the